Hi, welcome to Bible Studies with the Twins. I'm Lori. And I am Michelle, and we are your hosts for this podcast. Excited to have you here. We are twin sisters just sharing our love of reading the Bible for the very first time to encourage you to do the same. We're not Bible experts. We're just two girls who fell into false teachings, law of attraction, manifesting, didn't know God's word. So we are sharing our journey to encourage you to join along with us to know the truth. We hope our Bible studies bless you along your walk with Christ. So join along with us, grab your Bibles, and let's get started. Before we get into our Matthew Bible study, we wanted to let you know this was the first book of the Bible that we started reading after coming out of false teachings, new age things. So please remember, Lori and I are new to reading and studying God's Word. We have learned a lot over the years, not just with about God's Word and the Bible, But in the book of Matthew as well, we came across other people later after we recorded all of our Matthew Bible studies that taught us new insights. So we might squeeze in other little talks of just sharing those little things along the journey of these Matthew Bible studies. Please go make sure you check out our Matthew resource page where we're going to link up all the resources. If you hear something, please give Lori and I grace and mercy along our journey. We're still learning and growing and... Jesus is still working on us and changing us. So we hope you enjoy these Matthew Bible studies. Hey girls, welcome to another Bible study mm-hmm. with Michelle and I. We're so thankful to have you here. Today's Bible study, we're going to be focusing on Matthew chapter 11. We're going to break it up into two videos. So this first uh, Bible study video, we're going to be focusing on verses 1 through fifth, uh, 15. A new uh, oh, resource yeah. person so I just mentioned like it's just also important for all of us to never put anyone even a pastor I feel up on this certain level the only pedestal, pedestal and I'm, I'm I think we said this before in other Jesus. videos I just um, it's just important I, I you guys yeah. you might have other pastors you listen to like we just not everyone's perfect even a pastor so we just pray that everyone's always doing their best to speak the truth yeah. and we're also just grateful that a lot of these pastors since the one I haven't read the whole Bible, we don't know that it cross-referenced yet. There are some of the Bible apps tools do allow you yeah. to cross-reference, but yeah. since these pastors do it, I don't always go and do that extra step because they say, okay, remember Luke or have us go back to Isaiah or something. So I think that's just also really great for us beginners um, to do that. Yeah, so that really cool. so the first half of chapter 11. So before we begin, this uh, Be Loyal guy kind of gives, sometimes like gives like an introduction in a way to the chapter. So but chapter here chapter 11 and then therefore going in he said also to chapter 12 this is when a lot more of the confliction is going to really start showing and he said here you know jesus in the last couple chapters as we saw he's revealed his power he revealed his healing he's revealing his love he's revealing his authority so he said now it's time for the leaders um of the nation and the pharisees and all those people to make a decision are they going to believe jesus or are they not and so Instead of receiving their king, they began to rebel against him. And these two chapters, chapter 11, and then therefore we'll do 12 too, you're going to see different areas of rebellion being presented here. And we're going to first start off here with John the Baptist. And um, it was learned a lot more about, and I think we learned about John and some of the other gospels more. But the pastor, that new pastor I told you about from our local church, he gave us even he gave me even more insight. I didn't listen to it. Uh, I, Lori yeah, did. and I was so excited. Away. So I had my notebook from the first round, and then I went back and listened to his. And then you probably can't see my notebook, 
but the sticky notes I added were from him. I have little purple notes written throughout. And then I have so the first run more <laughs> sticky notes and purple notes all throughout. Because our first round of commentary, Lori has from the Chuck Smith. I have from the Harvest family here. And they did mention here, we're just getting right into uh, the verse. We'll just begin the first few because we're going to stop quite a bit. So just starting off at chapter 11, verse 1. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he moved on from there to teach and preach in their town. So the, I, we're reminded of here is that we learned the previous chapter jesus gave them instructions what to do so he's kind of told them to go and how it's just jesus in a way mm -hmm. um so now yeah so this is the disciples are leaving jesus jesus mm -hmm. is not going with them it's pretty yeah. much what he's saying here yeah. you're going so you're going and i'm staying. going around too yeah. so now when john heard in prison that what the christ was doing he sent a message through his disciples and asked him are you the one who's come, or should we expect someone else? Learn here that I've got from the Harvest family reminding us of that reason why John is in here is that he pretty much called out the king for adultery. Yeah, so Herod. pretty much calling out his um, that you're sinning, and he obviously didn't like that. So I know his wife wanted him beheaded. He, she wanted the head of John. So that's kind of why he's in yeah. prison, pretty much waiting for that to come. Pretty much again, yeah. John is in the is in prison because. He was telling on um, Harold that he was having adultery and mm -hmm. he was put in prison for it. And I just made note that even though Harold, he was a non-believer, so a lot of people probably were like, John, don't worry about it. He's a non-believer. Why are you wasting your kind of time on calling out his sin? He's a non-believer. He's, you know, kind of who cares about him in a way. But John, this is what John the Baptist was known for. He was so strong in his convictions for people. Um, so I said he he stood up for what is right still even for a non-believer and I just wrote like we should all kind of be doing the same in our own lives sticking up for what is right no matter if the person is a believer or not kind of be an example of uh, what John was going through then and this commentary uh, the Be Loyal book you know he just said the, their attitude to all the religious leaders you think that they would want all the Jewish leaders opposed Herod, didn't like Herod. So you thought that they, since they didn't like Herod, oh, we'll free John because you know we don't like Herod, but they did nothing. It's just interesting to kind of think about, this shows you about the opposition is really starting to happen, the rebelling against it. So he just made note, their attitude toward John reflected their attitudes and feelings towards Jesus. For John pointed to Jesus and honored him. So you can start seeing like, the conflicting stuff in there. I just have a note here I want to mention, I guess Jesus and John the Baptist are related. That was interesting by Jesus's mother and John's mom, Elizabeth. So they had, they kind of knew of each other. They were familiar with each other. And so it's just interesting. Again, he's asking, are you the one is to come or should we expect something else? And the reason why John was kind of thinking this, you, you know, was that he's like, okay, you're the Messiah. That means the kingdom is here. So then why am I still, why is, why is all this still happening? Why am I in jail? Like, why aren't you making everything right? So he's asking Jesus, like, he's kind of like, and it goes to show that even John, one of the greatest prophets, and that's what I know to say on this, that went deeper into is this. Is that he even questioned, he had doubts. Yes. So it just, it just, I think should give us all a sense of, oh my gosh, even one of the greatest, even Jesus called him great. Like, I guess the one he thing had doubt of, too. Yeah. And I just find that just, that was just a great one thing just to kind of, of us. remember John, that this commentary and one of the pastors I was listening to brought it up too. John was a, as, was a man, an active man 
he was very into preaching and speaking and stuff. And so here he is being silenced in prison. So you know he's having mm-hmm. a very hard time. And yeah. he was also a desert man. He loved being out in the wilderness, being away. And here he is confined to an indoor spot. So you, you can kind of just see like he's he's in a tough position. Position. He's totally out of his, his, comfort. his comfort zone. He's yeah. not in it. And so he sends, um, the, um, the, the other pastor said like, when he says John the Baptist who was in prison heard the things, that the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples. So John had his own disciples and he mm-hmm. made a note of his disciples since John was in prison and John was probably getting very discouraged and probably, probably unhappy. And so he reminded us that his disciples were probably keeping John encouraged and keep going and keep mm-hmm. believing in the faith and keep believing in Jesus. So he just reminded us and made note of myself to always keep surrounding yourself with Christians and believers in Jesus and God when you're going through difficult times like John was going through, um, even through good times too, but when those moments of doubt, you're like, why am I going through? This is exactly what John was thinking. Like, why is this happening to me? Jesus is here. So the interesting thing that I found out when it goes down to the disciples came to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting for? And it's interesting how we find out here, we'll read next, how Jesus responds mm-hmm. um, to this. Because, um, you know, John was probably getting a little bit impatient. Like, what the heck, Jesus? You're taking so long. You're the yeah. Messiah. Get me out of here type of thing. Mm-hmm. So Jesus' response, I found out when studying it more, is very... So let's um, read it here yeah. and then we we'll can discuss it. So Jesus replied to them, starting at verse 4, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. So we're going to stop there because there's a lot of little nuggets, um, I feel, going deeper into what really is the context that's going on here. And some of this is very helpful, again, of knowing some of the Old Testament, which Jesus obviously did. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, he's telling John what? What is all that he just told John? Everything that Jesus just did in the previous chapters, what we just saw. We saw him heal the blind. We saw him raise the dead. We saw him kill somebody from leprosy, the paralyzed man. Um, So he's doing, and he's talking to the people about blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, and stuff like that. So he's doing all these things. But what I found out was interesting. Well, I will quickly before you say that, I just Mm -hmm. want to... There's a few other things I'll say too, but I click on what I feel like this goes on what you were saying. It's also what Jesus is saying there when he responds to his body. It's pretty much saying that I am the Messiah and I just need you to have patience. And, he, and I guess he references, this is what he's talking about, is referencing. Obviously, John was aware of the Old Testament too. And he was saying Isaiah 35 is happening. And so I just wanted to bring that up. Like I said, it's also tied to when he, his response was, yeah, this is, this is, I am. This is all that I'm doing and I am the Messiah. Right. So there's more I'll say, but I'll let Lori finish. Right. So when, so Jesus is telling, you know, remember Jesus is talking to John's disciples. He's telling them, go back and tell John this. Mm-hmm. And, but, and Jesus knows, remember Jesus knows everything. So Jesus knows what John is looking for. Mm-hmm. The answer that John is wanting. And he leaves it out. So, so a jail card. <laughs> right, I'll get to that. Yeah. So Jesus leave something out to give uh, the message to give back to his from his disciples to give back to John which he John Jesus knows John will understand when he when the, his disciples come back and this is not mentioned to John and it comes from Psalms 146 on top of the Isaiah 1 Psalms 146 because in that Psalms it says the Lord sets the prisoners free 
So John's in jail. Here's the Messiah. He's like, okay, Jesus, come get me out of here. It says it here. And John, and Jesus leaves that part out. He doesn't say any of that. He says all the other stuff that he's doing. But he doesn't say anything about setting prisoners free. And that's obviously what John wants to hear as that's... Um, as that's not coming true for John, and that's what he, when, obviously when the disciples go back and tell John that, he realizes that's not going to be his, his, his future. And so what it's telling is that Jesus is basically telling John by not mentioning it is that the Lord has a different plan for you, and it doesn't involve being set free. It's going on to verse 6. When it says, and then Jesus added, in my Bible it says, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And I was, when I first read that I must have been, I was a little bit confused of exactly what Jesus was trying to get across there. And then hearing from this pastor, where he, uh, what he said it meant was that Jesus is telling John by saying that to him, John, don't get to take offense to me. Don't get mad at me. The line actually says, mine says, and blessed is the one who isn't offended oh, by me. offended by me. So yours here says that's great. So basically he's telling John, even though he it, this all doesn't make sense, the situation that he's in, he just needs to trust in God's plan that 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 it, it is all happening in, in the way that God... So I just made note, again, learning some more from the Harvest family, I just made notes. I thought it was good points to remember too, is that John couldn't see what God was, you know, doing, what, what, what the visible stuff what John knew God was going to do. Like, you know, he, he was one of the greatest Old Testament prophets, the last one. And like, so he knew what he was talking about, what, what his whole been talking about, the Messiah and all that's going to, this new kingdom and all this stuff. So he probably thought like, you know, what happened? Did I miss it? Like what, what's, you know, what's going on? Going back and that he had doubts. And I just made note that God's timing is not our timing. While we wait, trust we stay obedient to the word despite the circumstances and what our feelings are how we feel about the situation and um they actually the harvest family brought that up twice so i wrote it twice in line against like the same mess oh sorry about that same message again god is still in control we will be seen i think that's important to remember that god sees us and to be patient which is something i think today's world it's like no one even knows what patience is anymore. And then just again, remind yourself, we need to, no matter what, be obeying God's word over our feelings and our circumstances. Just on top of that, what I got from uh, the local pastor here in his sermon, he also gave great insight to what is kind of also happening here and that we can, I think, can kind of take it into our own lives of what we see what Jesus is doing to John. What is Jesus pretty much doing to John? He's giving them insights. Mm -hmm. And so what we can take away that when we come to Jesus with our doubts, he too will give us insights of what is happening and, or whatever. So Jesus gave insight to John. We will receive insight from the Lord. But we, remember, we have, to, we have to give him our doubt because that's what I also wrote on the back over here is that when we're all going through difficult times, to get the insight that we need, we what, need to do what? What did John do? He brought his doubts to Jesus. He, gave, he, he had his disciples do it, but he, they were like, his doubt was, hey, what's going on? Why am I, Why is he not free? That's his doubt. And so, so it's a reminder of us that we need to take all of our doubts to Jesus' feet and say, here's everything. I don't understand what, why this is happening in my life. I have a lot of doubt going on. And then trust that we will get insight 
from Jesus because that's what he does. Yeah, before we move to verse 7, just one last thing from the Be Loyal book here. I just love how he said too, Jesus is also reassuring John mm -hmm. that he is fulfilling God's will. Yeah. So again, the, the act of encouragement mm -hmm. and um, insight. So he's also reminding John that, hey, you're doing exactly what the Father wants of you to kind of give them that sense of yeah. that too. So I find that a beautiful thing. So moving on to verse 7. As these men were leaving. Mine says John's disciples. So John's, leaving. yeah. Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. It also just made me know that my Bible says, you know, they were leaving. So they haven't left yet. Yeah, they're, they're still, still there. around. And the, the pastor that I listened to, I loved how he kind of was saying, like, for most people, and especially if you have kids, like getting everybody together out the door to go leave, it's probably a long process. So he was just joking around, like, they were probably, probably like, gathering yeah. other stuff, saying goodbye or whatever. So he, it was just kind of funny to kind of think about. And then, of course, but I also make note of that Jesus knows that they're still kind of there. And he begins talking publicly yeah. to the public about People. John. And, yeah. and that's, I think, a very important thing to remember that Jesus specifically is doing this, again, on purpose. Talking to the crowd, to the public about John while his disciples are kind of still All there. Around. Yeah. So continue on. Um, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? Mine says expensive clothes. See, those who wear soft clothes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. So we'll stop again, there. that's coming from Malachi. Yeah. We'll stop there before we go and to mm -hmm. end it out today. There's a lot more here. I kind of want to say, give like backgrounds of the stuff that I learned too. So again, remember verse 7, Jesus is questioning the crowd, the public. Because remember, John was well known and well liked by the crowds. Remember, he brought in crowds of people to hear him speak about the coming of the kingdom. So they all know of him. So he, you know, he's questioning them. Who, who did you come to see? And so, and then when they, they said the reed, you know, weeds were common, especially back then in the Jordan River area. And also Jesus is doing, he's assuring the crowd that John was the fulfillment of the prophecy, but saying what Michelle just said, of fulfilling that Old Testament prophecy, that he was preparing the way for them, you know. So he was also assuring the crowd John was doing exactly what he was kind of meant to be doing. Um, I also just made note, Jesus wanted to say these these certain things publicly. To remind, again, what I kind of said before, to remind John of his calling. So again, his disciples will probably hear, oh, Jesus is saying he, he was more than a prophet. He was what the scriptures were referring to. So again, I also made note, the Harvest family reminded us that John was in the spirit of Elijah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that just reminded he so he's also again reassuring that John's doing what he said he was to do. But then the background about John, again going over his clothing, John was a simple man, which we learned when we first learned about him. He wasn't a man who wore certain clothes to show off his earthly success. Jesus is doing it again. Remember, he's just all giving encouragement back to John and his, to his disciples. Yeah. Um, so we can again remind ourselves we will receive encouragement from our Lord when we come to him and we always are willing to do God's will we will get the encouragement from our Lord to kind of keep going just like as he was doing for John here even in a tough situation it's from the Be Loyal book remember John he did bring in the crowds 
because he was a man, again, of conviction. Remember, he was all about having people realize they're sinners and come and repent and turn to the Lord. Which and no, that was still to this one day, of the greatest no, prophets. I think yeah, that's still why, to this day, people have a, a hard one. time admitting that, that they have sins and wanting to change. That's why there's so many non-believers. They just have a hard time admitting that they're sinning and they don't want to change their ways. Mm-hmm. But I just love the fact that this, he said, the fact that John was privileged to announce the Messiah gave him this high position of being one of the greatest prophets. Um, I find that just uh, pretty for Michelle said he was the spirit of Elijah. Mm-hmm. That like Elijah, John had the message of judgment for the um, for this nation of Israel. His ministry was prophesied and he fulfilled it. And as Michelle said, Malachi 4, 5 prophesied the coming of the Messiah, which is, um, remember, he was just the spirit. He's not the actual uh, Elijah, but he was the spirit. The spirit of Elijah. Um, and he was preparing the way. But let's move on yes. to verse 11 to end it out. 11 to 15. Right. Mm-hmm. So truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. For all the prophets and the, pro- and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Let anyone who has ears listen. When I first kind of read over reading that, I was like, okay, he's good. And we all know John was considered great. So I was like, okay, what does that really mean? And so when I listened to Harvest Family, that kind of helped me see that a little bit more about this. John had no miracles. He just pretty much, was like I was saying earlier, he just had people admit their sin and repent their sin like he didn't perform any miracles like we know that when Jesus told all his disciples to go out and start doing things that he was doing so I just thought that was interesting he didn't even perform miracles and he was considered great he also was one that truly lived very closely to the law what the, you know the ways the, the Old Testament was way to live by that. he didn't perform the miracles but he he did live very closely to the law the, the Bible so that's kind of considered why he's great because he was so good with that part. Jesus was doing a Sermon on the Mount. He would always say, surely I tell you, but this is what I tell you. So here again, he says mm-hmm. in verse 11, I tell you the truth. So again, mm-hmm. people need to listen up. This is yeah. this is what counts. And this is what was kind of was saying, like Jesus, like, this is what matters and this is what counts. Yeah. Um, but I just remained wrote from, I think it was Chuck Smith said, like it's pretty incredible that Jesus was saying these things about John because there were a lot of other great prophets from the Old Testament. Yeah. And Jesus is saying this, he was one of the greatest. John, but also John was a man of conviction, which, you know, I think though, I think though God is pleased with that in terms of, you know, he was helping people realize they were sinning and please come back to God. And because remember, sin is what separated us from, God. from yeah. God. So I think that's also what's powerful about John. He helped people repent, which is a big thing to come, mm-hmm. to build a relationship up with God. And I also wrote, when it says least person, means the least saints there in the crowd is greater than John as we've seen it all. The glorious love of God for failing men, the true nature of God. And the other uh, pastor that I came across, you know, he was saying one of the difference between the, the other prophets that Jesus was saying and that he was the greatest, you know, he said, you know, all the everybody before John came and all the prophets in love must look forward to this present time. Mm-hmm. The, one of the key things that was different between all those other Old Testament prophets versus what John was doing, what John was saying. So all the other prophets were saying the Messiah is coming. But John said, Messiah is here. 
So that is the difference, I think, also to, to what Jesus was trying to like, listen up. <laughs> John the Baptist's message was, was the message, that I am here. And I think that's also to kind of what he's kind yeah. of getting across there as well. I can see that. And um, so when it talks about the kingdom is advancing forcefully and violent people are attacking it, the local pastor here was reminding us, like, there's, I guess there's three different, I didn't write them all three down, I only wrote down the one that he kind of thought was the best representation of this, because some people are taking that, since it's violent, we can be kind of violent back in a way to people, of, well, as we move the kingdom, up to, to we spread out to more people, but he says he doesn't feel like that's the right, um, he read in a couple different Bibles, but I believe it was the Bible that I had, the New Living, he said he liked the most. So it says, I'm starting with verse 12, and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, and this is Jesus talking, so until now, in that moment Jesus is there, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, you know, from all the old prophets and then here for John, he was working out there heavily, getting people to repent and come, so they're forcefully advancing in the kingdom and violent people are attacking it. So I just wrote, the kingdom was advancing because John had pe John was having people repent to, to keep growing the kingdom, yet violence was also still happening too. That's not meaning, you know, that's all, it, this was the kingdom's moving forward, but yet violence is also still kind of happening. That's just how it is, like that's just what was happening. And so John, he's um, also made note that the gospel continues to move forward, but not everyone on board likes it so it creates yeah. hostility which is another way you can see that i feel like yeah. you can see that as is that the, yeah i don't feel like the that's giving us a right to be violent right. i feel like it's just letting us know again as we grow the kingdom there will be violence and yeah. that's not because i know charging yet of course right. i think it's just saying that's just could happen you know, but chuck smith kind of bring up like there was violence because yeah. john was beheaded jesus was crucified oh, yeah. A lot of the other people from the Old Testament were stoned and killed to death. That's where we're going to leave it at for today's. We're going to end it up with some more really great juicy stuff in part two. I just want to make note, just like when Michelle and I first read, again, similar to what happened with verse 10, I think for some of these chapters in the Bible, again, as we're reading it for the first time, so we're experiencing it really raw with you all. And, and I just want to let you know, if, if you're having these moments of when you read certain chapters or certain verses, and you're like, I don't really understand what that means, or, you know, I feel like that's one. a normal thing, but I think that's also why I'm so grateful that there's so much people who studied this time back then, and there's the different people that took the time to do their best to translate what the Greeks and the, all that back then were trying to say. Um, so I really appreciate about that, and I'm really, really appreciative of, of the pastors out there that who are who are also taking it slowly with you and really going through it with you and really helping us all kind of see the true message. When I first again read this, I didn't really see that it was John doubting, but then when I heard the, the pastor say that, it, it all clicked and kind of made more sense to me. And so I'm really grateful for that, that the Holy Spirit was working through him and therefore worked through me because I think again, doubt is something that all of us have or will have experience in our life and just seeing how John handled it and then how Jesus handled it back. I just find very um, encouraging. And again, it goes back to Jesus is where we find our answers and he's our hope in the midst of doubts and stuff. So anyway, I just really love, and then the, when we get to part two, I fell in love with the end of chapter 11 too, just what Jesus ends with when we talk with you girls next yes. time. Bye. Girls, we love you, God loves you. We're gonna see you beautiful souls in another uh, Bible study.